Monday Night Fever with Hamish and Jack. And welcome to another episode of Monday Night Fever. Monday Night Fever. And uh, thank you everybody for sending these in lovely messages last week. Continue to do so. If you guys want us to tell a story or write something, you know, in, we'll read it out. You know, let's have a bit of fun with this. You know, you guys can be involved in this if you want to be. And uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, Jack. We'll, we'll keep it anonymous if you want. Yeah, absolutely. Or we can just give you your enemy's name. If you want, it's really embarrassing. Someone you fucking despise. We'll just say that that person. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we don't care. We'll help you out. That's what we're here to do sometimes. Yeah. Have you been, man, anyway? Busy week? A very busy week, man. Lots going on. Yeah? What's going on? Well, let's, let's start off with the start of this week. Last Monday, mm. we delayed the podcast and it came out on a Tuesday. We're not starting Tuesday night fever, believe me. What happened was Monday night, I came home. I was going to see my girlfriend. I'd, I'd driven home from North Sydney where I'm studying over that side. Anyway, I've gone into my house. I've gone upstairs. I've decided to have a shower. I came out of my house, like came to walk straight out the door. And as I'm walking out the door, the flood water is coming out under the door. Jesus. Must have been some shower. Oh, man. It was a, <laughs> it was a great shower in more, many ways. But yeah. You know, and then I realized why was I taking a shower? I could get one for free outside. Yeah, take a bath outside if you like. Oh, yeah, man. For the first time, we had a swimming pool. You, know? <laughs> you always wanted one, and then you got one, and you were ungrateful about it. So, what, what's the damage like, man? Well, the damage is we won't be able to go to the. So, for everybody uh, that's listening, if you've been following us from the start, you'd know that for like in the first year back in 2020, we did a bunch of like we used to do it in my garage and we like decked out the whole thing and turned it into like a studio anyway so what the plan was we were supposed to do go back into the garage for like you know next next month or so and start doing podcast out there supposed to be grand it was all happening and now my garage fucking flooded no so so all of the carpets has to be taken out now we have to wait for like somebody to come and Give us an, like the in, in, you know insurance money and all that stuff to go through. So we might actually end up out of this with a better studio than we. Started. Yeah, you could get a Rogan esque studio after that. After this. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. I want the you know indoor gardens and the vines yeah. and the whole you know look like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. I, I want I want a mounted head on on the wall like a horse's head. Why? Well. Right, interesting you should say. So, Beck Charwood was a guest on, which is coming out soon, right? And, you know, she's got that podcast, Dude Cinema. Yeah. 
So when when we were interviewing her, like this is you're gonna find this out when it's released. But we were talking about like The Godfather and how it's basically a podcast is about films men are always talking about that like we just love because we all men, we all know Neanderthals, we all men, and The Godfather is one of them. And I listened to their episode and they reviewed that film, and they actually really liked that film, but. Like before they got into like talking about it, she said, "Oh, I I did a podcast a few days ago, and one of the hosts was like a real lover of the Godfather film and was quoting the film to me." <laughs> and, and I was um, so I was I was flying from Queensland back to Sydney to play that show, play that Saturday, and I was on the plane listening to it. And the moment where I realised that that was me. You know, like, <laughs> like, 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 I felt a warm sensation, and I was like, "Is what's that?" And then I realized that I was peeing myself. I'd say that's how I best describe it. And and for like twenty five seconds, I just had this embarrassed like glaze over my eyes <laughs> when I, you know the realization that that was me. But she was she was quite kind about us, and she now they really enjoyed the film. So uh, yeah, the horse's head. That just got me thinking about that. But any anyone who's listening to this, check that podcast out. Actually, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Nice man. I, I knew this the horse's head was gonna go in the direction of the godfather. It had to. Mm, you're welcome. But um <laughs> That's how we do links here. I think it'll look a bit too fucking strange on the back wall, like of mm. of our wall, man, just this horse's head. People think we're coming to talk about the horse races or something, you know? It's like the Melbourne Cup podcast. Mm. You got a big horse head in the background. But we could call it the horse house. Well, that would be quite that would be quite fitting in a way. Yeah, which is only, you know, not too far away from a whole house, which I've never been in anyway. I don't know about you, you bloody pervert. No, I'm a good boy, man. Good Christian boy. Good Christian boy. So yeah, the floods the floods have uh oh they've done some damage, haven't they? Oh man, absolutely. You would you would have been in ground zero. Literally this week. Yeah, but man, it's so weird. Like Queensland is like hot again. It's like it's like France. Ah, we had no floods here because it's like thirty-four degrees again, and just the water has has gone away. You know. Yeah. And the, it's quite. It's like I suppose it shows like the the Aussie kind of spirit of yeah. Well, it's not that bad. Here. I've heard you's a very bad in uh, in Sydney. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh. That's nice here to say, but it was much worse here. Yeah, for sure. A lot worse. A lot worse. So, yeah, man, that gig, if you don't mind me talking about it. Go for it. So, got in, flew in Saturday, went in and had a little bit of a rehearsal because we hadn't had too much time to do that before. Um, And then went and played at Frankie's, which is... It's it's getting to the point now with Frankie's is like you know it's gonna close you know you know that day is coming and I feel like every time like even when when we went for a drink there a few a few weeks ago like it's you, you're very much aware that it's coming to an end you know and it's uh, I I actually it was my favorite show that I've played there like I just. Everything went really well. There was a guy on the front with his wife. I'm assuming it was his wife. Could have been his. Uh, it's been on the side, but he was like my barometer to, to see if the gig was going well. And I just kept looking at him, and he was like, I could see him nudging his missus and be like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like he was really into it. 
So, man, and as well, to have, like, standing crowd and that's still a bit weird, you know, it still feels a bit standing a bit too close to me. I feel like there's still a bit of that going on, but, yeah, man, it's a really good show. We played with the Dead Riders and with um, Ugly Kings. Yeah. Very good bands and open. I think, have you interviewed Dead Riders before? Yeah, man, I don't mean to be rude, Jack, but just push your microphone back a little bit because it's just starting to, I'm just getting those little peaking sounds. That I'm sorry. No, that's I'm right. sorry. That's all right. Sorry, I'm not technically amazing like you. Oh, man, look, look, I'm not technically amazing. I just, I just, I'm just, uh, I'm just <laughs> hearing it on my side. I'm okay. considerate of the, of the listeners. Be considerate. That's good. Always, always be considerate. Yeah, so you've interviewed Dead Riders before? Yeah. I, I want, I'd like to listen to that man, actually. They're really nice guys. It's on YouTube, man. Is it, yeah? I'll give her a watch. I'll head to the archives on YouTube and give her a watch. Yeah, man. I look, we, you know, in future, there's so many bands I'd like to, like, have in per like, just talk to in person. I'm mm. waiting for the day when we can start doing that. And also, like, guys, we've bought the, you know, I bought all the gear now. Oh, and bought like, a bit of kit. Bought yeah. a bit of kit the last two weeks. Under my desk is about $10,000 worth of gear. And it just fits into like two nice little boxes. And I, mm. and I was like saying to my girlfriend was last night, I was like, that's $10,000 worth of gear. And if you look at it, you're like, it doesn't look like it. And you're like, fuck it is. I'm glad you haven't tried to use the cameras for other things in the bedroom anyway. That's a good thing. That's oh, a good sign. Do I look like Tommy Lee? <laughs> um, you look more like Pamela Anderson than Tommy Lee. I, I thank you. I take that as a compliment. I'd, I'd, I'd much rather look like Pamela Anderson than Tommy Lee, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no. But yeah, man, you've yeah, really, really got some some good good gear to use. It'll just be exciting to use it all. I like the way you get so excited about purchases like that. Yeah, because it's it's cool, man. It's like I I'm now like a little kid, right? Who's mm. got a, who's who's had Christmas away, and what I mean by this is like. Your parents have bought you an Xbox, but you can't use the Xbox or the PlayStation because you're not at your home. So you've got to wait until you get home so you can yeah. pull up. So, so even though you got the present, you still got to wait like, you know, a couple yeah. of days. You're just, you're just looking at the box all the time. I am. I'm just going, oh, oh feeling the box. <laughs> Getting so, really into it. Yeah. And just, and also just feeling your knowledge gaps too. And just going mm. around with it going, because oh, I'd, I'd, you know, I think it's a good thing to be like, you know, just multi-trained in different things, you know, just being able to, you know, operate, operate your own, camp, like just be self-sustainable really and just yeah. know how the fuck everything works. Yeah. I am a little bit of a nerd, man, just going, well, that, that, that's how that works. That's how yeah, and you'll, you'll be better for it. You're saying that and I'm struggling to use my own microphone here. So I'm glad, I'm glad one of us is, you know. Oh, man. Well, look, look, Jack. I mean, you'll get there with the microphone. It's, it's, it's trial and error. You'll get there, Sam. Yeah, I believe you. You've got to keep putting the yards in, mate. Keep, uh, keep putting your time in. <laughs> Good thing about the mics now is, like, we've got a wireless system so we can actually go out now and be like, hey. Mm. Yeah, well, it's funny you say that, right? So I had a great conversation last night with Ugly Kings, right? And they're an awesome band. Absolutely awesome band. And they're their 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 guys are just like they're so cool and they, you know like sometimes you meet bands and everyone's a little bit 
reluctant to tell you how they're doing, like in regards to what they do every day. Like, because they've got a big, they've got quite a big following, right? Especially like Spotify listens and they released an album last year. And like, they're just, you know, they're, they're doing in a, in a very unfortunate time, they literally released an album and then went into lockdown because they, I think they live in Melbourne. Yeah. So they've, you know, like, but they, they would, they were so just like open and really helpful with like how they do things and what they do and all that. And I, I find, I find musicians sometimes can be a little bit, you know, it's a little bit like, well, no, we're doing well. We don't want you to, get this, we have to struggle to find this out, so you have to struggle to find this out. And I don't think that's the best way. I think if everyone, if everyone's doing well, then the scene is a lot better for it, you know? Yeah, I, I hate that shit, man. Like, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty open to give, give information away all mm. people. But I hate it when people are, are also then reluctant to give information because it's just like, actually, you know, funny enough, I was listening to a podcast this week. I was listening to Rogan's one they did with Mr. Beast. Do you know who this <clears throat> is? No. He's the guy on YouTube who's literally got like a billion subs. Like he, he, he's the one who recreated Squid Games. Like the, he's, he, he makes YouTube videos. Oh, yeah. I think I've seen. I think I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, and he just does these huge projects and invests all the money that he gets from every video back into the next video and just mm. goes up, up on up and up and up and up and up in scale. Like he's just, Jeez. and um, he was saying, you know, even with YouTubers, man, like the most annoying thing is like one person will discover something, but they won't tell the others that are in their immediate circle. So mm. then one person is doing this right and then those other two are making a mistake but then when they find out one thing they won't share it but if everybody shared their mistakes and their and their successes then then you wouldn't have to you know then you know you then you between you all you would make 300 mistakes and you would you know um, mm. also make 300 uh, you know 100 victories between yourselves and be able to share that and grow yeah. faster rather than kind of disadvantaging each other well because the thing is it's like the, the the medium is is YouTube, say right. So you're, if everyone, like especially in your immediate circle, if you're all thriving and succeeding in it, you're obviously YouTube's better off for it. But you're better, you're all better off for it. You know. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't really understand. I don't know why some people are like that. I think because they're scared that if they do tell their secrets, if their secrets is gonna, they'll lose their place, kinds of thing. Yeah. Mm. Which which is like then you're, then you're rather backing you your 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 knowledge on one particular thing rather than like backing your own talent and trusting yourself. Mm. Which is like, I don't know, man. I, I, I look, man. I've I've learned a lot in the past year from YouTube. The, what, the, the day comes when West Underground gets a bit of money, man, and we get to, you know, then choose what we want to do and start side ventures, man. You know, band, you know music management, I, I would love to get into it because you, you could just build people up from like zero to... Yeah, uh, yeah. To, to the top. Really fast, mm. you know, through, through that medium. If any bands want to know how to, to take on YouTube, man, like 
send send me a message personally. I'll I'll, I'll happily give you a ring and literally walk you through how to how to grow really really fast. Call the Hamish helpline at oh four two. No, don't don't. Well, you can if you're a band. If you're another music podcast based in the, in the west of Sydney, don't you dare ring us. Don't you dare give us a call. Oh man, I'd, I'd love to. I'd like no, to. we'll 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 we'll. I think it, I say, man, it's better if everyone's doing well, isn't it? You know, one hundred percent. And then and then what it does if everyone starts to do well is then it starts to you know create like a like a you know like a light shining mm. spotlight on the thing and then that success kind of just trickles and trickles and trickles it's like melted gold you know just yeah like well, well like i i didn't even know you that well and you were giving me tips you know oh you need to be doing this and this is how this works and all that i, I remember where, when i was in queens and like like before christmas i remember being on the phone to you for like a few hours and you were just talking because i because it's 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 that kind of if you don't know you'll never know unless somebody that knows can just like guide you through it you know and it's a shame really man because it's like you know if you're if you're in a band your 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 mindset is like you're just thinking about writing good songs mm. or writing about or practicing or thinking about the next gig like you don't think about this shit because it's not it's it's it, it should be part of your world but it's yeah not really you expect that to, people to knock up and show on the mm. Warner Brothers hello we would like to take you to America and we're gonna make you a star but it's not like that anymore you're gonna be a snack and we're gonna take you you're gonna be in New York City the name's gonna be on the lights kid you're gonna be a star like that except the the reality of the situation is it's not like no that. you've got to oh, yeah you've got to kind of get there yourself until somebody else is willing to uh to join that train that's that's what i found it really interesting about that band U ugly kings which uh my bassist paul referred to them as ugly things at one point which uh which was good but they they were like so one of their guys he he's honestly he, he looks a little bit like um tony soprano who's the guy who's the guy who tony soprano. he looked a little bit like him but he had hair right and he he was he's so business minded yeah but to be i think that's the tough thing isn't it to be creative all the time and then to have someone in the band or have ev like you know everyone doing a little bit of the the admin kind of thing and thinking about how to get you out favor and the things you can do yeah that's that's quite hard man because especially when you know, the bread and butter of a band is songs, you know, and performance. But now it's kind of turned into, like, it's morphed into this thing where you've got to be able to do other things than just turn up and play a bass guitar amazingly, you know? And I don't think it's actually, like, in some ways it's a, it's a good thing because it, it just pushes you to learn more skills. And the more mm. skills you have, the better off you are, right? And then, but at the same time, like if you're trying to run a band, right? And you, like, I know this personally because I've been the, like a fucking, you know, like it, you kind of have to just start, you know, as Michael Carpenter said, you got to kind of become a bit of a, like a psychologist and you got to start to, because mm. if you start to, if you start to go, why, why aren't you doing this? Da, 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 other people mm. in the band, you start to get people offside really quickly. So 
just be mindful of that too. If you was you was you in your band? Was you kind of like the the leader of that, or was you was you like oh just play my guitar and write songs kind of thing? You know what I mean? Well, I I was always like 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 I can't help it. I just have this natural thing of I just start to think ahead. I just start, mm. because if you do that right, if you start to go, what do I want in two weeks? Then what do I want in a, what do I want to happen in a month's time? Like we like, and you're not not what I want, but it's like what is good for the mm. overall project. Like where do you want to be? Where do you want to be numbers wise? What do you, where do you want to be playing? Like how do you want to be doing this? Like what's the next steps in the operation? And then. The conflict of interest was I had a I had a singer and he, you know, and when you start like talking like this, I suppose you're, you know, you you you're you're asserting your dominance without being conscious of it. So you mm. and like he it just pissed him right off. And <laughs> I, you know, and I felt really like shitty about it because in my head I'm like, I'm not trying to You're trying to help. You're not trying to hinder. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's where the psychologist tool kind of comes in and sometimes you've just got to realize like you know like you, you people can only do as much as they can and you can't mm. really push people too much like sometimes otherwise you just come across as a bit of a nazi and you don't want to be doing that. yeah like so for, for, for with the grand union rowan who, who came on you know when we did the interview he's he's man he's a lawyer he's he, <laughs> the guy does like multi-million dollar tv rights deals like every day right so he's he, he can sell me on anything anyway because that's you know that's that's his job right but he 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 is you know he's he's like my band dad a lot of the time he's you know he tells me where to be what to do and like, like but i think it's good to have someone who is like that but like we had the thing of you know, is it, is it, does that mean they get autonomy with decision-making or do you still make decisions? But I, sometimes I think if someone's really got a plan, then you kind of let the plan see itself out, you know, you see if it's gonna, if it's gonna end in like total dominance or total destruction. Mm, mm. And I think it's just, it's it's hard as well when Michael was saying about like the you know the, the psychology thing. It's like it's you're dealing with egos as well, man. We're musicians. We're not we're not the easiest going bunch in any situation like that. I I tell you what, I had a weird moment when I was watching the Get Back documentary where I I where I felt I really felt you know even if I'm being honest. Out of the Beatles, like I never thought I would like, you know, I had much in common with Paul McCartney. And then mm. watching that documentary, I was like, oh, maybe I'm more closer to Paul McCartney in terms of what, mm. you know what I mean? Because you could see in, in like in that documentary, there is that, that, that Paul's kind of got, he, you know, he's, he's wanting to jump from A to B and, and he's yeah. the, the hurdles in his mind, right? Of like kind of where we are. <clears throat> and then it's Paul that's been the, the band psychologist, but also trying to push them at the same time and you can mm. see, see how it gets people offside and, and ruffles feathers. But it's not out of out of actually trying to dis, do a disservice to the group. It's trying yeah. To... He, he's trying to help. 
Yeah. How so? Uh, for anyone listening, Hamish and I we did a, a review of Get Back. It's on YouTube and on Spotify, isn't it? Yeah, one on Spotify. Oh, sorry, my phone's not on silence. Oh no, that's Hamish giving me the dead eye. Um, yeah, so that, that's that's in our archives. Go and listen to that or watch it. It's, it's actually really, really good. And watch Get Back as well if you haven't watched it. But how how did that make you feel that you were looking at Paul, who's kind of being portrayed as the man who broke up the Beatles by a lot of people? Mm. I, I like like I, I just thought man I, I like to be honest I felt like I feel like Paul was the you know the like the greatest mm. strength of the Beatles in a lot of ways and and then when you see it start to unfold I just felt I just felt fucking sad for Paul because I've been in that situation not the Beatles I haven't been in the fucking Beatles I wish <laughs> but I've I, I been in the situation where you're trying to you're trying to do what you think is the right is the right thing to do by by everybody, and then you know, and then kind of rubbing you know one or two guys in the in the wrong way, but out of love, rather mm. out of you know me going, oh fucking, uh, I'm listen to me, boys. It's not like that. It's just like you know, guys, can you see how if we were if we were a stock, right? Mm. If we were on a graph. You want that line to kind of go go up, not not, mm. and it's just kind of keeping that that momentum and keeping that, that like thinking about how do we how do we just just one up ourselves as we go along because you don't want to not do that because if you start to not you know in, improving or start to not performing better and better and better then it's you know what are you doing. Yeah, and the other thing as well, you, you're not doing it out of ego. You're doing it out of, it's necessity, isn't it? It's like the, the band leader thing, which is a very old school thing to be like, the band, uh, you know, a band leader. Kind of like, if you haven't got a manager, someone has to be the driving force. You've got to have the driving force because otherwise you just, you know, unless you're that lucky that you can go and play a show and, you know, Alan McGee watching Oasis going, fucking hell, these aren't bad, right? Unless you're that lucky. I mean, don't get me wrong, Oasis have put the hours and they put the time and to, to, to write and whatever, but unless you're in a position where that's going to happen, you have to go through the grind and and then, you know, face all these hurdles of like, yeah. direction you're going in and like nowadays it's socials and like trying to look at how you can build a following like TikTok's a big thing that, you know what I mean like trying to get engagement with people outside of just your music yeah and like to to make any like group work right there has to be that really has to be two band leaders you have mm. somebody in the group who's thinking about the external world right which I think if you look at the Rolling Stones, that's 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 Mick Jagger. Yeah, yeah. Mick Jagger is thinking about how many seats there are in the stadium, how many we've sold, how many are still left over, and and he's the one going down behind the thing and making making decisions of who's sponsoring this event, who's mm. thing, and gets really involved in that. Which Keith, I think, is just <laughs> going and you know going and pick, pick really bossing the band around and being like, "Yep, we're going to do this tonight. This is you know and and." and is 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 focused in-house like he's just mm. just worrying about the us the four 
what are we doing? You know, what's, what's our three hour set? Well, are we gonna be interesting? And that's, that's the thing. And then mixes the outer world. Yeah. And you have to be like that to some degree. I saw that when I, I in that Get Back documentary, I think, I think Lennon was a bit out of it. Like, I think, I think there was some kind of, you know, like, like opiates been played around in the background because mm. you watch prior interviews and stuff. Usually he's quite witty, but I think in that relationship, I think Lennon was actually the in-house guy and Paul's the, mm. the bigger picture. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's a good point there actually, man, because so like in our band, like Stu, Stu's like the big creative force, right? And uh, happy birthday for yesterday, Stu. Um, but the, he's like the creative force and then, so he's thinking about that in-house stuff, you know, and then Rowan is thinking bigger picture. So you're right, actually. And, and I often wonder if sometimes if if all bands have got that. You need that. You, you have mm. to have that. And you have to, like, you, you have to have the two together. It's like having, you know, your... Um, yeah, it, it's just like having your motor and having, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not too... Um, you know, mechanical, but <laughs> you just need to have those two parts to make the vehicle operate. You know, mm. like that that has to be in place. You know, yeah, it's kind of like the yin and yang, right? You've got somebody yeah. in house going, boys, we need to write a couple more tunes and and get in that that side of things going. You have to have the person outside of that who's going, yep, we've got six tunes. How do we get the record label? How do we get the people interested? How do we market this? How do we sell this? Mm. And, and then you, you've got to have a manager in who's got to kind of see it all, you know, you know, being kind of see every piece, everything. Yeah. And also then take on the jobs that, that it just gets too much for that other one person to do. It's like you can then have the ideas and lay out where you want to go, but then you've kind of got to pass it on to somebody because if you don't, then it's like, mm just bog you down you'd just be spending too much time in these days just on the computer writing emails yeah yeah doing doing that stuff that nobody ever really wants to do but and if there's any bands listening to this the one thing i'd say if you are the guy writing emails make your emails like make your emails in a way where you write out drafts right so you've got so then you can just kind of go into your emails if you're wanting to send out things to get gigs so you can say dear and you can just change the name every time. And it's just a, like a stock standard email that you mm. make. you make a couple of them. So that, so if somebody says, oh, I've got, I got an email the other day from the guy, oh, me too. And they're, they're, they're different. Like <laughs> variations of them, you know, just. He yeah. said hello in this one and hey in the other. Yeah. But just have, completely have, different. have a couple of pages that you can just copy and paste. So you can just go to, especially if you're wanting to then get airplay and stuff overseas, mm. do all that kind of stuff. And, um, and I think that's a really important thing that a lot of musicians neglect is like looking, looking like everybody's focused on getting on like Triple J and stuff in, in Australia. But, you know, I, I think that's a very, that's, you know, like Australia lit, has like 25 million people. Mm. Like California has 100 million people in the state. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you, 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 you know, try to get on some of those radio stations <laughs> in the local ones, you're going to, you know, if, you know, in the UK, you know, go overseas. Like, think, think outside of Australia. Start marketing your music out outside. Because if you do, right? If you know, if you go to Triple J and say, "Hey, I'm such and such, and I play in this band," they'll be like, "Great, fuck off." And then mm. if, you, if you're starting to get massive airplays, like you've got a million streams now in your songs because you've all rented and sent them 
billion emails around the planet, uh, they'll be like, oh, so you're in that band, right? We've heard of you. you. Yeah. You've been on our radar for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And you are actually on radars. Like you people don't even know, but Warner and stuff are watching you all the time. Mm. Constantly going through and selecting bands, putting them on the radar and watching their growth rates. I know that for a fact. Mm. And so are Sony. Yeah. Because they wanna they kind of wanna see what you can do without them. And then it's okay, well, what can we do for them now then? Yeah. To take to take them up. And it, and, it, and it makes sense to a degree. Like you can be salty at, the, at, at this model all you want, but it, it makes sense, right? Because if you're going to, let's use crypto for an example here. <clears throat> you want to buy crypto, you want to buy Bitcoin, right? You don't want to buy the coin that hasn't done shit yet. Because you, you, like I'm just going to, I don't know, like this is a risky investment. You want to invest your money to, to help the, to, to buy the crypto coin that's, that's now, that's now gone from my baseline of nothing mm. to have an upwards projection. And then you want to jump on that train when that's, mm. and it makes sense. Like it makes sense for like, if you're, you know, you would, you would do the same if you're trying to buy stocks or, you know, mm. whatever the fuck you're buying. You know, you, you know what? It's really interesting this. If there's anyone from labels who might be having a little cheeky listen to this, if you'd like to come on or even be anonymous and try and give us like a bit of insight into what your thoughts are, you know, if you work in A&R, because I wonder if, you know, so you probably wouldn't sign a band that have been around for 20 years, right? Because all their songs that they've probably had in them have probably already been, you know, created and put out there. So you'd be, would they be trying to sign a band who maybe is like in their third or fourth year where you're probably just starting to hit your rhythm, you know? Um, Look, Jack, I I honestly think that they would... (laughs) They would probably take a, like a band who's on the first year if they could see, that, mm, yeah, see that the if they could see that your growth was was you know was was huge. Like if you if you were able to come out in the first six months and release a song that got played on a bunch of bunch of countries' radios around the world, and you racked up you know a couple hundred thousand listens on Spotify, you would then start to be very attractive. And by the mm. time you got to actually releasing your EP, it's like goes to the moon mm. you've 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 done all that that in-house um you know marketing but even then saying that if you're if you are on your you know your third your third app it's just as long as you keep your spotify monthly listens keep going going up i think mm. that's what they would be interested in you know because it's it's then like they've got it all figured out yeah you've got to look good sound good and uh and uh, and sell well, <laughs> true. Like a like a phone sex worker. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's it's just what I'm what I'm realizing more and more. Like as I mm-hmm. watch, you know, other people and just sit on the sidelines. So I'm, you know, there's about 30, 30, 40 different people that I that I actively check up on, right, and just watch. Because it's just like, oh, I can. I've, I've watched you now go from like here to here. How'd you do it? Mm. 
yeah, and then in my mind, it's like just reverse engineering the, just the process and the steps. Because one day, man, I would like West Underground to have its own label where, we, you know, we could, uh, we could, you know, just take take on bands, but take them on in a way where it's like, all right, we're not gonna, we're not, we're not gonna fuck you. <laughs> we're not gonna, and like, what we're gonna do is we do, we're just gonna give you. The you know we're going to give you the secrets from from where you are. So you've got to be good, obviously. And then once we you know take you on, even if you've only got twelve monthly Spotify, but your songs are good, come in. Yeah, that's a weird one as well, isn't it? You know when, and I feel for some bands like that. You know when you listen to the music, you think oh, this is really good, yeah. really well produced. Like you know you can tell they've spent a whole lot of money recording it. Yeah. And then it just gets released into to, to like the airwaves and just there's no, there's nothing for it. There's no place for it or, you know, the release strategy is not there. And it's, sometimes I've wanted to say to bands like, why don't you just take it down and re-release it? Yeah. Like, release it later, if that's what it takes. There, if, if I had a million dollars, Jack, there's a band that I would like from Sydney that I would, I would be like, all right, boys, let's go to the moon. Yeah. You're so kind. I know you're talking about me. You're so amazing like that. Thank you, Hamish. Thank you for your million dollars. You might get it from the insurance money anyway, from the destroyed house studio. Oh man, I wish, I wish. <laughs> Tell me off air who the band is. I want to know. Have you, have you interviewed them on air before? I'll tell you on air, man. Okay. This is a like, uh, this is this this is a band I, I I played with. I can't I can't I can't be untruthful, Jack, because I haven't actually seen a Grand Union full show. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Hamish. Hamish actually apologised to me for missing. He's well, he, he missed the show every week because he got there just as we finished, and he went, "Oh, uh, well, you look good anyway." And then uh, he, he never made it last night and he sent me a lovely message. And I was like, mate, we, we speak to each other and we spend that much time together. It's okay for you to have a Saturday night off and just spend a bit of time with your missus. Like, I'm, I, could, I, could never be, I could never be upset about that. I kind of like the idea that we go like five years and you never watch me sink. <laughs> you, you've never done it. You're like, oh, I've, I've always got something on that night. Well, I, in, in saying that, I hear it every Monday night, you know? Mm, it's true. So who, who's the band? The, they're a band called The Four Six. I've never heard of them, man. Okay, they, they're from Sydney, right? They have, the, mm. they have the, the sexiest singer you've ever seen in your life, right? Yeah. And this man, uh, his name's Dave out there. Like, you know, he's just, he's just like a, you know, he looks like a, uh, you know, like a Michael Hutchins character. He's just, mm. he, he, he's one of those guys who's like Barry from the Bee Gees. You just can't get a bad photo of him, you know? Yeah. Oh, he's South American, so he's going to age better than Barry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, anyway, they, they, they went over to your hometown and they got like, they won some competition or something that took them over to Liverpool. I thought, yes, here we go for the Fossey. Anyway, they just kind of come back, but they haven't put out any music recently. How oh, is it spelled? Huh? How was Fossick spelled? I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'll check them out. Oh, man, really, really, really good. Anyway, if the Fossicks are listening, go record more music. 
boys because you have you have you had them on here before yeah so yeah th uh, like the uh fossix f-o-s-s-i-c-k-s anyway their songs are fucking really good but they're just you know if you could just get behind them or put a little team around them but mm. just you could just really 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 make them big what what style of music are they like just just proper rock and roll but it's mm. a little bit funky and their guitar player jack made me want to go bury my guitar <laughs> wanted me to take him out dig a six foot hole push them all in and seal the deal it's so funny isn't it i like some bands you watch like so we 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 done an interview and it'll be coming out in a couple of weeks with uh with tinzai and after it you were like man i've never felt more inspired to like sit and write a song after that and I, I love that i love how some people make you you know you go Fuck yeah like yeah, i feel like yeah i feel like i need to write after that like, i feel a little bit inspired hmm. and then other people you go i'm not competing with that i ain't ever gonna get to there that's it they win you win that's it i'm done yeah you know why is that because they're that good that you like you just think for me to get there is like another ten thousand hours mm. Ten thousand hours, baby. Well, it's not even that. It's just like you've—they've just got something that you you haven't got. So mm. therefore, but but you know, but you you do, you just get too critical on yourself, and you're like, oh fuck it, fuck it. There was a, there was a band, right? So you saying that, like, so I, I've never it's rare that I have ever been like walked down of a front man and been. Or front woman, even. I, I mean, there's a couple of bands we're thinking about, but there's there's a couple of times where I've seen uh, like we've been supporting bands or they've been supporting us, and I've seen like the the front man go, and I've been a little bit like, oh shit, that's that's fuck, that's I, I you know what I mean? That's that's um, I can't do that. That's better, than, you know. There was this, but we supported this band, and I'm, I'm dying to have them on. They're called Avalanche Party. Give them a listen. It's got a song called "I'm So Wet," right? And it's the most sexual rock and roll song you've ever heard, right? This band just oozes like. Do not take your missus to go and watch them, because because they do things for me, and I'm assuming they do things for your missus. If you took your missus as well. They're just it's like it's that visceral it's just like i, I can't explain it I, I literally cannot explain it and it they've they've just conquered and they're smashing it in the states now and like they're just as a live band unbelievable right but their front man i remember watching him as we were sound checking and he was walking around the room right and he's like walking around and he's taking it in and i watch him take like two steps right and then he's like looking right and he's really quiet just really quiet really polite guy when showtime hits he is an animal he is an animal and i i am a little bit in love with him right his name's his name's jordan right and he's just he's just an animal and what what i watched in their set was him then you know jumping from things and He'd go those places in certain moments, and he was formulating essentially his routine 
in that room. Mm. And I remember just watching them and being in awe and being like, oh my God. And they were like my band at home, Cabazudos, they were our favorite band. We any gig we could play with those guys, we were we were for, we were blessed to play with those guys. But there's only like I say, there's only a few times where I've watched somebody else and thought, I am light years away from that. Mm. They they have cracked it. They have, you know, I mean there's a couple of others, but the where I've genuinely it's made me a little, like question myself because I thought I am not that good. Mm. And it's it's a it's a tough thing. I, I think probably in any like any profession, you know, like like you know, we like we, we have comics on here all the time and I think they must have it when they watch somebody and they think, like, where, where's the comp? Like, I can't compete with that. Yeah. Yeah. And then others, they probably think, oh, yeah, I'm, they're not in my, in my league. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's a bad way of thinking about it as well. I mean, you, 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 it probably is, but I, I think to some degree that, that, that level of, you know, competition is, is healthy too, like, you know. Mm. You have like, you know, you can, you can try to be as humble as much as you want, but yeah, I think I think the level of competition, like people that you see that make you want to bury guitars, you can either do two things, right? You can actually do it, or you can be like, fucking hell, I need to, I need to either work out how to get there to that to that level, or to how to how to develop my own thing that makes me me special. Mm. And what's that thing that makes you you special? Because they've obviously got their thing worked out. And you can either go, well, I can copy their thing or I can make my own thing. And that's hard. And that takes a lot of time. And that's they, that's that's what takes years is making figuring out what makes you what makes you special and working it out. Mm. I can't dance. I could never I could never be Michael Jackson. So um, you can dance if you want to. I mean, I'm too tall to dance. The best dance. <laughs> you are so tall. It's unnecessary how tall you are. And you know, you just you just have to accept that that's never going to be a strong. Place. I mean, you you might you know you could play into waltz. You can get that down. Yeah, I, I probably could, but I wouldn't look good doing it. <laughs> I wouldn't look like you know Prince doing a waltz. I would look no, like no. You will never be Prince doing a waltz. Exactly. I, I think I think it's a lot about like self reflection, isn't it? As well, like yeah, to. I, I never used to take criticism well at all. Like, you know, like my, my family, <laughs> you've met my mother, but you, you imagine that's like, that's my dad's and that's my brother. And I know they're trying to be helpful, but sometimes I'm just like, fuck off. I don't like, I think I've just played a good gig. Tell me tomorrow. You know, like, don't tell me now. Don't, I don't need it now. Tell me tomorrow. Let me, let me ride this wave for a minute. Um, But it's, you know, it is always constructive, but it just comes at the wrong time, if you know what I mean. But I think when you, so like, uh, we've got so many videos from the show we played, and I'm watching them back, and I'm like, Ugh. and there was there's songs I didn't think that went that well, and then I'm watching the videos, and I'm like, fuck, that's really good, mm. you know. And I think, I think sometimes you make standards for yourself that are pretty hard to attain, and to get there. Yeah. I, th I think you've got to give yourself a break as well sometimes, man. Like, oh, yeah. When you're watching that guitarist and you're thinking, now nah, that's it, I'm going to bury my guitar, that's that. Right. But you've... It's... 
you will get there. It's just, you know, also some people have amazing gigs and sometimes you have a, a not so good gig. That happens. Yeah. You could have been watching that guy and he's just, you know, everything has been right that night. Oh, yeah, but I've also seen them like but another time and I was like, yeah, man, like, things must be going right a lot. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and also you just realise too, it's like, you know, they, he's, got his, he's got his shit worked out, right? And that, that's what there was a big lesson too was when I, when, when I, when I watched them. I was like, you've got... Because I, I, I used to be like... I used to probably like dial in a different sound every, every gig we did. And then mm. that, I was like, oh, I need to get this figured out. I need to work out what sounds good every time so I can just... What, 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 what amps am I using? Mm. get that sound every time how do i get that sound so I, I, it's it's coming every time i don't have to fuck around to get it it's just there i'm just ready to go mm. what, what 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 effects am i going to use what what settings are they going to have to be on and just having that 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 shit worked out so i don't know you can just you can look at it two ways you can either be salty or you can or then you can go well he's got his thing worked out what's my what's my thing mm. what, what am i going to what am I going to be good at? Because and then you start to start breaking the rules here a little bit and going like, well, you know, I never, I'm not going to ever be as fast as him, like just just shredding because it's like, you know, my my fingers just don't have that. The I just don't have. Fast. We do not have the capabilities. Yeah, like I'm never going to be Eddie Van Halen like shredding. I just just mm. just cannot. Just cannot do it, and it's not. Are you a lead guitarist or a rhythm guitarist? I am lead guitarist for sure. Yeah, but um, because I'm a leader, baby. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's like you know, and you just kind of go, well, what, 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 what is you know, who do I, who do I like, and how do I, how do I take little things from everybody? How do I Mm. take little bits from Eddie Van Halen, but not, 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 not take, not take everything? How do I take a little bit of Jimi Hendrix, but you know, and a little bit of, you know, Eric Clapton and just kind of get it all, get it all infused. Mm. See, you know, you were saying about sounds before. So at Frankie's, we didn't sound check. Yeah. And I was like petrified. Yeah. Because it's like you're relying on that everyone's, you know, everyone's set up right and you know i'm gonna be able to hear myself and like and then the sound engineer chris was like oh no no it'd be fine and i was like yeah that's okay you saying that but if i get to the end of this gig and i'm like couldn't hear a thing that was too loud people are like oh i couldn't hear yet yeah then i'm gunning for your ass boy your ass is the grass and I'm the lawnmower boy, right? But he's he but he was right and the sound was sound was brilliant last night, right? But to not sound check is scary, not even a line check. I was fucking because you can that's the other thing when you're saying about like um the the Fossex, is it the, about their guitars? Like I think you know, bands who have the same and they pay and they have the same sound and you hear every time. Mm. Their sound is always electric. Mm. It's always like when they play, the sound comes up, everything is perfect because that 
that engineer knows you. They know what you like, what moments you like, certain things to happen or whatever. And I actually think that is some is probably the next step I want to take with with the Grand Union. And I think it's an important step for bands to take because once you got once you know someone who knows your sound and you know, it's like the old roadie thing, isn't it? Of a roadie coming and setting setting you up exactly the same every time. Yeah. Knowing the room, knowing knowing you, so that you can just get up and, and play the show. And I think like although it went really well last night, I'd I'd say nine out of ten times that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And he can be a shit hot sound engineer. But all those like variables, like that honestly, I was I was like, this isn't gonna go well. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I think with one thing you've got on your side is with with, with Frankie's in regards to that is like they, they do this every every I know, time. I know. No, I know that. Oh man, don't get me wrong, sound sound was awesome. The sound was awesome, but just just that because I feel like sometimes I've seen some band sound check, right? And it goes on for so long, right? And then you watch them play. And I think sometimes they've got their sound absolutely perfect for an empty room. And then once you add people into a room, the sound of the room changes anyway, you know? And I've watched bands and they've been, I've watched sound engineers get a little bit annoyed because they're like, yeah, I just need to try this. And, you know, a thousand pedals. And then when showtime hits and you're watching them, you think, well, you don't sound as good as you did before. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you've added people into that room and it's, it's just, it's just different. So I think there's, I think at least give me at least a line check. Yeah. At least. What? Did it tell you, did it tell you I've tried to use any monitors? Oh yeah. How'd that go? Terrible. Yeah. Because if you put your fingers in your ears and start to talk, you hear the voice, your, your true voice. And oh. it's not it's not a good voice. <laughs> like as as accomplished as I think as I am and as good of a singer as I am, if I listen to my own voice on its own without anything else, I literally I tried them. The room was a little bit it was when we played the Duke the week, the room was a little bit wrong for it. And I literally was trying it in the sound chair and I was like, I cannot do this. What? Just put one in. Mm. I think that's the way to do it. Like, cause that way, then you've got the you've got the uh, all the band stuff coming in through your ears, and then mm. the other side's free, so you're not gonna hear yourself, you know, too much. Mm. But um, when you start filling out rooms and stuff, and and you start adding a you know, uh, you know, fifty people into into a room, and you've sound checked with zero, you've just changed the physics of the room completely. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know. I think it's really something to be mindful of that. Mm. And going well, you know, and that like that—that's that's what a brilliant engineer will do. Like, well, go okay, you like this, you know, and then there's a the challenge of going well. How do we compensate for like fifty bodies all smothered in front mm. of the <laughs> with beer everywhere and chatter? Yeah, yeah. Now, did I tell you, Jack? I uh, I woke up the other day on. 
Friday with with a dislocated shoulder. <laughs> you must have been having a hell of a dream. Or did, did you miss the steroid to you while you were asleep? Oh, no, I can't give her the blame for that. She wasn't. No. I told her, though, she pushed. Uh, so I had this dream, right? I was in... Uh, I was in what I what looked like the Sahara Desert, right? Mm. Sand dunes and stuff out of that. I got I got out of this little sand dune buggy in my dream, and then I fell down a big sand dune, and I was just like rolling down the hill, and then I landed and I fucking dislocated my shoulder in my dream, and I was like, ah, oh, this hurts, this hurts. Ow, ow, ow! Wake up, Hamish! Wake up, wake up, wake up! And I woke up, and I was like, oh, shit! <laughs> and and my phone, for some reason, I'd put my phone on this side of the desk and my bed's over there. So mm. I, I, I couldn't get my phone. And I'm just like, <laughs> ah, help. And no one's home. So I've like kind of got to like wiggle my way, like with my dislocated shoulder to like h- halfway around the other side of the bed. So then I can use my feet to kind of pull my phone in and then call for help. And then I called my, my granny and she came over up to the house and she just went and popped it in. I was like, she popped it back in? Yeah. How old are you, granny? Oh, 70. Oh, yeah. She's an old school woman. She knows. She knows the story. Like Did she say, stop complaining and then pop it back in? Yeah. But it, it just, the noise was like, like a proper pop. Is it like an old injury? Yeah, I'm guessing that's not the first time it's happened. I hope not, anyway. I've, they've, I've had the option for, uh, you know, um, to get shoulder surgery and stuff. But if I do that, right, there's, there's not even a, it's like a 50-50 guarantee. It's like mm-hmm. six months out mm-hmm. of action for a 50% chance that you're mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not a risk I'm willing to take. So I'm waiting to, you know, everybody uh, support West Underground so I can get the stem cell treatment in Panama. Yeah, do it. Do it. Just uh, just what the Patreon money is going to be for. You know, was you? Is it like an old rugby injury, or like a basketball injury, or is it? No, it's an old fighting injury. Oh, here we go, mate. Here we go. The Dabo, the Dabo boys. No, this is in Sydney. This is oh, yeah. Sydney. This is like the. This is the last proper fight I got into. The last duel. Yeah, so I got in this. I got in this fight with these two like English fellas one night. They were like starting shit, and I thought, here we go. Here we go. I can't really get out of this unless mm. I and run, but they're probably going to catch <laughs> me. So, fuck. And I didn't do anything to get in it. They were just like out of their minds, probably like, you know, like on a bit of a bender and like, oh, yeah, mm. whatever. And I was, I just kind of got caught up in the crossfire. So I was like, I have to go here. Anyway, so I've, I've, this, this first guy, I've kind of, I've kind of whacked with my, you know, with my left hand and, uh, and, and smashed him in the head and like kicked him in the <laughs> him in the nuts. But his friend kind of come at me and I've gone to throw him over. And as I've done, I popped my shoulder out. Oh. And then I've just kind of got one arm swinging for the rest of it and just. Kind of... Oh, no. Anyway, so. What, what was the outcome of that? Well, I dislocated my shoulder. And got two black eyes. Yeah, I split my eyebrow and my hand was bruised for a while. Oh, mate. Um, yeah. Ended up going into. The, uh, you know, I was like, what the fuck? Why does my shoulder feel like this? Turns out I dislocated my shoulder. Why is my shoulder dropping below my knee? Yeah, so that's why I would never fight. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that, that's it. I, I'm not good at this. It's not a, not a strength. It's not in the wheelhouse. Yeah. 
You know, my, one of my friends, uh, shout out Groovy from home, he, um, he, he dislocated his arm. I think he was, I think he was like, in, in, in England, we, we get summers, summer nights, right, where it doesn't go dark till like 10 p.m. sometimes, right? So you just like sat in the garden getting pissed till 10 p.m. on like a Tuesday. Of course, why wouldn't you? It's 17 degrees, right? But um, so I think he was wrestling with someone or like just, you know, like play fight, whatever it was. I think we were only like, we were like 19 and it, it, it popped out. And then it was popping out like every four or five weeks. Like we, I remember once, I remember once he opened the door to a nightclub and it popped out and he was like, oh, oh. and I was like, what's up? And he's like, oh, my arms, my shoulders, and I was like, oh, poor thing. Better go home. Um, and he, he was, he was constantly doing it. And then he, um, he, he got the surgery. Only till like, I'm sure it popped out again not long after the surgery. And I, I, I don't know, I don't know if he had to get like surgery done on it again or what, but it's, that's an injury that, like, man, if you watch basketball players like the NBA, it, it's constantly, oh, it's, I've never done mine. Such wood, I hope it never happens. No, it was your friend tall. Yeah, he's like six foot seven. Real tall person, be sure. Yeah, six foot seven, and he weighs about fifty-five kilos, and he's got the smallest feet you've ever seen for a man that tall. He's like a lamppost. He, it's white, man. he can't, man. He's just you know, he's just. See, I I realized if I put on weight, like so, it didn't pop out for like a year. Mm. And like in the last, how tall are you? Like six four. Yeah, you are. Like triple H looking mother. So, um, yeah, anyway, last time I popped out, I was at rock climbing. Mm. It's, not a good, it's not a good thing to do if you've got a dislocated shoulder. If you're six four, though, it's quite good because you just stand on the bottom rocks and then you're at the top of the wall. Yeah. It's handy, though. And it popped out when I actually jumped off the wall, like, just like, and I was like, I landed and I was like, oh, fuck. I could see you as a rock climber. Yeah, I'm quite good at it, really. Yeah, I could see you as a rock climber. Natural ability, except putting putting the putting like talcum powder on your hands. Come on, guys, let's climb the rocks. Yeah, I'm quite good at it. And this was the one where you you don't go up with the harness; it's like the free one. Mmm. 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 Did you wear those little padded shoes? You have to. Yeah, whatever you have to. And are they like? Is it like the outline of your feet as a shoe? Is that what it looks like? Those shoes? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. See, I couldn't go rock climbing for that reason. Couldn't get cowboy boots up there, let me tell you, friend. If the cowboy boots ain't doing it, I ain't doing it. Oh, man. Imagine trying to do it with your cowboy. Because you kind of need it, like... I just don't think I'd be very good at it, anyway. I do not have the capabilities. That's quite fun, though. How long did you do that for? What? Rock climbing. Oh, I, I just went to the rock climbing place with my with my missus and we were like, okay, we're going to go rock climbing. Yeah? Yeah. Take it for a meal, man. Take it. I was... Walking... <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm busting your balls. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the old shoulder just went, not having it. Is, is that your favourite non-date date activity you've ever done? Well, it would have been if I didn't pop my shoulder. You didn't pop your shoulder. So was it like the first time doing it? 
Um, pardon? Was, was your missus there when it popped out? Yeah. Was, he, was you embarrassed or was she, was uh, she good? It's happened a few times now, so it's not the first time. It's just like, all right, let's just see if we can put it back in ourselves and give it the Mel Gibson treatment or mm. the hospital. What's the Mel Gibson treatment? Like a shot of Jack Daniels and no, with the put a t-shirt in your mouth and go for it? Yourself. Like you, you've kind of got to, you've, you've really got to relax and then just kind of move it until it goes... Is this like Mel Gibson treatments in like Lethal Weapon? Yeah. Mel Gibson? Oh, okay. Okay. I'm getting it now. I'm getting it. I think. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting it now. I understand. Yeah. Well, I'm just glad you're okay, man. You know? Yeah, man. But what, what was going on in that dream? I don't know. I must have rolled over and kind of like. Have you like Googled your dream yet? Have you done that yet? Mm. I don't know if if, uh, if falling down a sand dune is a sign of something to come. I'm gonna find out. Jamie, Jamie, get on your laptop. Yeah, I wish. But um, you know, like dreaming of falling down a sand dune. Oh no! Oh no! This isn't good. What? Well, it says you're unsure about your sexuality, and. Oh, it's not good. You're unsure about your sexuality and the other podcast host is better looking than you. <laughs> That's what it means. I ain't lying. That's what Google says. I read it on the internet, so it's true. It sense that your life is out of control, mine says. <laughs> well, I agree with that to some degree. <laughs> it is sometimes. Oh man, it is all the time. Like it's just a thousand things moving around at the same time. I feel like you've got a pretty good grasp on it all, though. Yeah, I, d I do, man. But it's just it's just kind of like being the juggler. Yeah, yeah, that's how I describe you best, actually, a juggler. Mm, it's hard. I'm gonna say if you started my phone. If I could do one thing full time, right? Then I'm. Mm. So it's just a matter of. Like I really, I just keep wanting to just see how far we can push this podcast and push, you know, everything that comes with it. Because if we could focus on a daytime, my life would become really easy. Mm. Yeah. The other shit that's got to go around. Didn't <laughs> you keep juggling, boy. You keep juggling. Yeah, that's the that's the hardest part is trying to juggle, you know, six different things. Also, what's 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 really fucking me up is like when you take time to study right which is what i'm doing now mm. taking time to study and like you you then have to sacrifice like time and you know to do to obviously do that and facilitate it but it's like man how you you know to 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 study anything you have to be like poor for three years <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah because and that's the other thing as well. Like I always used to say to my missus when she was in university, I used to be like, see, the difference between us is I go to work and I come home. Yeah. Right. She would go to work, come home, have uni work to do. Like it's the 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 things you do with your time are a lot different when you're studying for something. Yeah. It'll be good. It'll be good for you. But I, I know what you mean because you, you're dedicating time to that. Yeah, and I, I think at some point, if, if 
if I can't negotiate a career out of West Underground, I feel like I'm going to end up as an engineer, whether I like it or not. It'll just be the the gradual shift of. Mm. To be honest, man, it'd be. It's just think of it as you just add another talent, you know. Don't put too much pressure on yourself about it. You're just adding another thing that you're able to do. Pretty much. And it all helps. Yeah. It's all like, it all moves around and it's all, it's all usable for things. Mm. How are you finding studying, like, with, with your ADHD, with having, obviously, you've got your job, you've got your missus, we've got West Underground, you're studying, right? How are you finding, focusing, what's that like at the minute? Um, well, here's, the only hard part is, the shit that I don't want to do mm. gets moved down the... the, the, the move down to the bottom list really fast. The focus pecking order. Yeah. Hamish is focus pecking order. Because the things that the things that I like that I enjoy that are on my list of to do, mm. I'll, I'll fucking spend way much more. <laughs> and then the things that I don't want to do slide down the you know the slope of like and then start to stack the up. sand dune. They slide down the slope of the sand dune. So that's in your dream. It's like as soon as I start to enjoy something, it's the moment I start to excel in it. But the moment that I neglect everything else, mm. so it's kind of going, well, how do you stop yourself from neglecting everything else? Because that's not good. Mm. You know, I, th I think that's the hardest part. But I think that's going to be hard anyway. Like, that, you know, you know, because if you, if you, because there are things, right, if you start studying or if you, or even with Western Underground that I just don't want to do. Mm. But I have to. Yeah. Kind of like, uh, it's going to be a slug. And then you got to kind of got to lie to yourself to get yourself through it. You got to be like, no, it's fine. Mm. It's, you, know. you know what I find really difficult, but I'm trying to do it is whatever I'm doing in that moment is the most important thing. I'm trying to do that yeah. so that I'm not worrying about other things that like, oh, I'm thinking, oh, I need to get to this, I need to get to this. I just think like, I'll just finish this task. I'll get this done and then I can do that. You know what I mean? Smart. Because, because otherwise it's the, you know, we've spoken about this before. It's you, you're worrying about it before it happens and then you're worrying about it whilst it's happening anyway. Mm. So you, you're worrying about something twice. So if I just try and remove that from my mind and then whatever task I've got on right then is that that's just, you know, yeah. the most important thing in the world at that moment. And then once that's done, it's like, oh, yeah, well, that's done now. Yeah. But it is, it is quite difficult. Oh, man. Especially is. if you've got a hyperactive imagination. Yeah, and then you just... Yeah, so that's, that's, that's what I find most difficult is just like to... To, to be switching gears into mm. territories you don't want to do. And you're just like, man, fuck this. But then, then, you, then, you, then you go into things you want to do and you spend way more time on it because you're just like, I enjoy this and I want to make it good. You need to start lying to yourself and be like, I really want to study today. Yeah. But, um, but a lot of like 
just recently, I just realized like, you know, um, what, what, like, this is probably a scary realization, but you were, st I'm starting to realize that, you know, like people I know, like there's a lot of people out there that are no smarter than you, right? Mm. So it's just, and one, 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 <laughs> since figuring out that, that, that fact, right? It's just become like a really scary thing for my brain to kind of like to get myself around. Conceptualize, like it's yeah, conceptualize yeah. what I was looking for. Thank you. That's what I do. Finish your because once words. You, once you realize that, man, you you realize that anything you want to do is 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 achievable within within reason. And you're like, well, mm. I could do that. I just got to put in the time and spend the spend the you know and and spend the hours getting getting the right knowledge. I could, mm. Do that i could do that and then then you start um then you start crossing yourself between things you never thought you would do but now you're suddenly emerging and going oh, oh. Mm. see you know you like i had a conversation with you i think on friday night about how um, so <sighs> everyone i'm getting older i'm getting bloody older maybe a little bit wiser as the years go on, but definitely older. So I turned 26 on Wednesday, I think. <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday. I think tomorrow I turn 26. It's coming up. It's coming up. It's coming up. It's there, right? And I'm I'm getting older. And this, this I'm going to... I think because in my mind of being like a musician from, you know, 16 and being a front man who probably loved the doors more than he should and probably loved the old rock and roll legacy stories and unfortunately the, the untimely deaths and whatever. I've decided for my 2060 year on this planet, I'm going to stop drinking for a whole bloody year. Mm. And I'm already aware of one, I remember I stopped drinking for about four or five months and I, I still used to go out and I used to enjoy it. But then you know, like, you get up in the morning and you're not dusty at all. You, 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 have, you know, you were drinking, used to drink lemon and lime bitters, oof, oof, sugar, oof, or a cranberry juice. And you get up in the morning and you're fresh and you can go and do whatever you want to do. And, you know, carpe diem, seize that motherfucking day, do whatever you need to do without the hangover. It's, I, I actually... I'm very much aware of the things I can be doing if I didn't spend my time, not like a drink every day, but, you know, excessively binge drinking one night a week where you go, oh, fuck, I'm getting over, what a week, you know? And then you spend, like, if you work like me in, like, construction, and a lot of people are the same, especially in Australia, people work six days a week. If you, if you work all week, and then you finish on a Saturday and you go and get pissed or do whatever naughty stuff and mind-altering substances you're going to do or even gambling, you know, you go and you, you go and do your, that's your blowout. I think then the next day you're either guilty, hungover or uh, just not very happy with yourself and then you're back in your week again. There's no, there's no respite. You're, you're, you know, you're essentially, you know, in, in like in the hamster wheel kind of thing. 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna try it out. Like I said, I've done five months before. Um and I'm gonna try and give it the old the old Jack Hughes try. Try and give it a year. And I'd be very interested in a year's time when we're having a conversation again to know what has changed in my life. Oh, he heaps of shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I did it, man. I'll be sexier. I'll be skinnier. Oh, you will be. Better skin. I'll have more money. Yeah. Yeah. A lot more. (laughs) Um, I think the the main thing that I realized last time I quit drinking is I became antisocial. Because I like, and, and, only because you, when you go out and you're around people that are drunk and you're not, yeah, fucking annoying. Yeah, like, yeah, shut yeah. Up. yeah. And and there's a there's a tipping point as well, isn't there? Because you're having a normal conversation, right? But then they just tip a little bit too far over, and even when the tipsy and having a conversation, it's fine. But when they're drunk and you're sober. And then the conversation is like, you know, someone's repeating something to you a few times and you're like, oh, fucking hell. Yeah. I, I do often feel for like bar staff and like, you know, bouncers and whatever, even cab drivers, to constantly deal with drunk people while you're sober is the most annoying thing ever. Um, so, yeah, but the antisocial thing, do you think that's a confidence thing? Like you have a drink for confidence. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I like I definitely built up a little bit of a personality around that fact. So when mm. like it was like, Ooh. and then at, at the same time, like like I was aware of that. It was all of a sudden I was like, oh, now I now I don't feel like, you know. But it, and then it was like also I want to do this, 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 and this. Yeah. Do this, this, and this, and this. I can't go out. So, yeah. Thank you very much. Can't do it. I've, I've mm. got focus on this, 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 and this. So, so then you know, within within six months, you know, when I did it last year at the end of lockdown, I'd started playing piano, and I did it during lockdown. I was walking mm. a thousand steps a day. I built a website. I taught myself how to do that. I taught myself how to do heaps of shit. Just, mm. just learning, like, and my brain wanted to learn again. It wasn't like, duh, duh, you mm. know, Simpson brain. It was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, I think it does open up. And look, I'm, I'm not criticizing anyone who drinks because I love drinking. Yeah. But I don't know. I just kind of think, played this game for ten years now. You know, like it's, like. There's got to be more to life than binge drinking once a week. And, oh, absolutely. you know, like I, I remember hearing someone talking about alcoholics and they were like, you know, you probably drink more drinks per that night than the alcoholic would all week. Mm. You know, for you to go out and get absolutely a bender, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a... Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna see how it goes. I mean, don't get me wrong. The week starting off, I've got a wedding in Brisbane next weekend. That I kind of said to me, Mrs. I'll do that weekend, and then that's it. But I mean, maybe this could roll into another. But I'm hoping it doesn't. I'm, I'm gonna try and have a bit of willpower because I remember last time when I stopped drinking, I was training twice a day. I used to paddleboard on a Sunday. 
I used to love that. I used to go on my little paddle boards, go out. I am one with the world. I am the world. And I'd be out on the water. And because I weren't hungover, you know. So I'm yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try. And if there's anyone, anyone who's actually quit drinking recently, or you know, I'm not saying you you know, not you know, it's not a fucking AA meeting, just you know, you've just maybe had a break from it to see what benefits there are and like how how it may have changed your life a little bit. Give us give us a message at Jack Harry Hughes or at is it West Underground? Just at West Underground. Yeah, West Underground. Yeah, West just give it send us a message and uh, it'd be it'd be good to hear from you to be honest. Just let me know how you kind of fill your time because I'd still like to go out, you know. I just won't be out for 14 hours. I'll just go out for two or three hours and then go home and yeah, I know, I know better myself. I, I know also that my day my day is coming very soon where I just quit for for good, really, because it's just like mm. you're younger than me as well, so I kind of. I think I stopped drinking for a little bit after I turned 22 and then later again when I was like 24 and I don't know man it, it depends if it's if it if it's dragging you down then yeah you know what I mean if it's it lies to you really what it, mm. what it does is it lies to you it just kind of goes oh fuck it, it everything's all right or whatever and just mm. you just kind of you know, and also it makes life really slippery too, because you you kind of blink and it's like been a week, and you're like, oh man, mm. go into the next day with feeling shit and like lack of sleep, mm. and it all kind of carries through, and it I don't know, it doesn't give you any clarity. Mm. It just lies to yourself and tells you you're the man. You're in, it's all good. It's you're all in control. Good. You're the man. Yeah. And My, Michael Carpenter. I don't, I don't know if this is like public knowledge, but he doesn't drink, right? And uh, when I went to watch his, his Beatles show with the album show, he uh, when it finished, I was like, oh, do you, I texted him, I was like, do you fancy a beer? And he was like, oh, don't drink. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was sat with him, still had a great time, right? But I was like, I wonder if that's just, like he is 50 and he, it might just be just, he's had his time with it kind of thing, you know what I mean? Or I'm not going to assume his life and fucking make assumptions of what, you know, maybe something's happened or what? I'm, like, maybe he's just had enough of it. And I kind of, I kind of feel like that now. It's just, it's not, it's just not. But the, the things that will hinder it is, um, like, one of my favourite activities on a Saturday afternoon is to go and sit in a pub and put bets on and have a beer with my dad and my brother. Like, that's, we love doing that. But I'd be able to do that without having a beer, realistically. You know what I mean? You still can. You just Yeah, and I'll just be the designated driver. Yeah. That's always a trippy thing, is like drinking the Heineken Zeros and having like six of them to go. And yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, they're not very nice to drink either. No, but they just give you like, and I also too, like I feel like if you, you can kind of camouflage off people too to a certain degree. Like, mm. I, like I realized that it probably wasn't the alcohol that was giving you the false sense of confidence. It was being around the people that you were with, and like, 
that's not a bad thing either. So if you can just kind of chameleon yourself in the environment and just blend to the color of the mm. and, and push yourselves out of your comfort zone a little bit, that that's also cool. Yeah, like I've got I've got a really good friend at home, and he. I remember we when we first started like trialing the old okie koki, mm. you know the uh, yeah. the Peruvian marching powder, um, and we were oh, eighteen, whatever. And um, he was like, he, he's not a very confident person, right? And it made him confident, sure. right? But he never had issues with it, yeah. where I had issues with it. You know what I mean? So. But he was always like he could put it down, not see it again for six months, you know. Whereas not everyone is like that. Yeah. Especially somebody like me, who uh, whose personality kind of gets the best of them and thinks this is amazing. This is amazing. Um. But like even with that, that was never a confidence thing for me. It was just I enjoyed it. You know what I mean? But I think for some people drinking and like especially coke because you know can make you feel like a bg and the bgs used to do it so they felt like bgs as well but that that gives a, a false sense of security doesn't it and and as you said like it, it can morph a personality kind of thing into thinking it's 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 normal you know what i mean i've got I've got no, I'm jealous of anyone who can drink and like, you know, do, do those things and be okay. You know what I mean? And not affect the lives. I am jealous of that. Oh, I mean, look, look, I'm not, because if you, if you, if you do have a, if you do have a problem with it, then it then it's kind of just puts the brakes on it, and if you mm. put on it, then you can just come back. Like at least then, you know, you can be like, well, go two ways here. I can go all in with this shit, or I can either like back off. And if I do back off, then the quality of my life improves because I don't have this all this baggage and shit going on in my life. It makes mm. it more clearer. It makes like. You know, it just makes relationships easy, whatever, 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 whatever. And the list goes on of positive. So if you can just shut the door and be like, yep, 26 now, I'm done. Oh, that's my time up. I think it will improve the quality of life really bad. Yeah. I don't see many factual bad sides. I see if you do have the thing, then it just makes you get out of that. Mm. Because you wonder sometimes, it's like Jordan Peterson once said, you never really get away with anything. You know, if you grab with the reality of life and you twist it, at some point, whether it's five years, two years, you know, six months down the track, you know, things do seem to catch up with you. Mm. You know, so whether whether you don't think that somebody's got a problem with them, and then you know they 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 don't at first, but then all of a sudden they get a divorce, they get have problems, and then they've already got that shit there in life because it's you know, maybe maybe it boils down later down the track, or maybe maybe some people just. You know, j- just can, but at least you won't be spending the money that they're spending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll have a bit more money in my ass pocket. Tell you that. Yeah. But you know the thing I'll miss the most? Red wine. Oh, oh, I love red wine. I like it, man, but it just gives me nasty headaches. <laughs> yeah, red, nothing like a red wine hangover. But yeah, so look, if um, 
like I say, if anyone's out there and you know, maybe in a little bit of a similar boat or similar situations, give a brother some advice, give me some help. Not not help in the sense that my life is unmanageable. It's it's not unmanageable. It's just a bit of a pain in the arse sometimes, you know. So just uh, send me a message anyway, and we'll you know we'll we'll chit chat. Yeah, I, I I think it'll be. And plus, when if we you know for anybody listening, if we if we if you do start to see sponsorship somewhere down the ground, uh, you know we might have to take the Dean Martin approach here. Hmm. Are you going to start singing now? Ah, oh, no, no, no. But I, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know the story of Dean Martin? Huh? All right, so Dean Martin. I just thought you were going to start singing. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, we're going to get some sponsorships. I don't know. It's not a very good Dean Martin impression book one. No. 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 What's that song that he sings? Like a big pizza. That's a... Yeah. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza by that zamore. That's it. That's the one. Mochella luna messa mare, mamma mia, mi mame dare. Yeah, I like that song. Thank you. Um, Me too. But the uh, thing with Dean Martin is you never actually really drank. Didn't he? No, but he always looked like he did. Well, did he have like apple juice in his cup? Because he liked that, 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 that whiskey scotch glass thing. There's always like a. Yeah? Yeah. So what? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. The yeah. things the things I learn on this podcast. Yeah. Even with Shane Warne recently, like like a lot of people came out and said Shane wasn't even really like a big drinker. Like mm. um, but he got in trouble for a few of them, but it wasn't like a Yeah problem for him yeah, yeah. row row yeah rose met shane more than a, couple, a few times like just like little interactions with him and he said he's not a big drinker yeah like he never really he weren't a big drinker just over over fucking other shit going on you know your body and whatever food and diet and all those things but yeah demon mm. didn't expect that well, it makes sense because you can't be sloshed all the time. Mm, yeah, that's true. Do you think this is the thing as well about like the the musician thing with the the bottle of Jack Daniels and like every time I drink Jack Daniels, I think, oh yeah, you know, like yeah. I am a rock and roll. Like unless you. I don't know, man. I've read, I've read. If you look behind me, there's mm. autobiographies at the top. I've read them all, and all of them have come with to to some kind of point where they're like, "Yeah, we need to stop this the crazy train." Mm. Yeah, the words of Ozzy. Mama, I'm coming home. <laughs> but um, I, I I look. I think, I think even in today's time, like you know. Like, this, like I think the sex, drugs, and rock and roll is fun, but I, I, I don't think it's sustainable at all. Mm. No, it's not. It's not. Plus, it's like, you know, I often think about, like, you know, fucking hell. Man, I wish Jimi Hendrix lived. 
Because mm. although he's preserved as this like young 27 year old man who's on the other wall, um, fuck, I would love to have seen what he would be doing today. Mm. So it's just like. Yeah, even like Amy Winehouse and John Bonham and, you know, like Jim Morrison obviously drank himself to death. Like, it, it, uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of that, isn't it, with music? I don't know if it's just musicians are drawn. Maybe we're all fucked up anyway, and that's why we do it. Why we become musicians. <laughs> I think I think like the same with like comics and whatever. I think we're all just a little bit fucked up. That's why we get into this. Um but talented and very good looking. Yeah. But uh yeah, I think it's just it's tough, man. I think I think the the thing for me of stopping at 26 is obviously 27. Yeah. Because of that, that 27 club. And I think really, like, was it, we were talking about, uh, like, how old Tupac was when he died, right? And we were talking about, like, th- their careers, right? And, like, uh, I made a comment that, you know, I put a little bit of lockdown weight on. And, uh, Hamish said, yeah, but Jim Morrison was huge by the time he died anyway. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but that's not that far away from me. So that's why I'm stopping the drinking now. Um, but you think about what those people achieved at such young ages, really, like fucking young ages, and, and they achieved great things. But they were also very young and naive. And, to you know, because that's just the way it was. You just, you're a star, you drink, you get fucked up, whatever. But I just think the significance of me stopping that at 26. So it's like, let's nip this in the bud before, you know, yeah. that that almighty group is. Because I, I, I remember saying at like 17, and this is going to sound so fucking conceited, but like saying to my band, I was in like, well, if it's uh, 27, I'll just fucking, I'll just, that'll be the end of me then and the band will be bigger because, uh, That'll happen. I remember saying that. I think how fucking insane that is and psychotic and fucking narcissistic a little bit. Um, but yeah, just like that kind of mindset. And so that's 26. Give it a try. Right, mate. I think that's a pod. I think so. I just wanted to ask before we before we do wrap this up. I know you've got to go. What's the time? Oh, oh shit. No, go on. Go on. Wrap it up. You're good. Good. You're all right. All right, I just wanted to ask, does your missus drink? Yes, uh, yeah, but she's not like a... She kind of does the same thing to me. She'll like, like go Friday night or whatever and, you know, drink on a Friday night kind of thing. But she's not... It's not like, a, like if we've got a, a nice bottle of red wine or something at home, we might have that like with dinner and whatever, maybe a little glass after work or whatever, but not nothing like major. Yeah. But she, to be honest... She's talking about stopping drinking as well. Oh, good, man. It'll make the but she's like, she, she hasn't uh, put, put the mileage in like I have, but she's, uh, she's still like, no, I kind of just think there's other things I'd like to be doing, yeah. you know? Yep. So I think we're probably going to become the most boring couple. If you're friends with us as a couple, you are going to have a boring time. Oh, okay. We'll try and make it interesting anyway. We do in other ways which probably be more interesting. that makes it sound really weird when i say that i try and make it interesting we always do i don't mean it in any way like that i just mean we'll play fucking monopoly you perverts 
<laughs> Bloody perverts. Oh, before we finish, I'd like to uh, give my brother a little plug on here. His podcast, The Unofficial Guide to Surviving Show Business, is live. And uh, I think their first release is like next week. So uh, I think we'll have them on the show anyway, because it's my brother and essentially my brother-in-law. So uh, we we need to to guide them and then uh, we will absorb the shit out of them, which I keep saying to my brother. And he's like, no, we'll absorb you. And I'm like, no, we'll absorb you. So uh, family feud comes to life in the podcast game. It's going to be chalk outlines around bodies soon. This is getting, this is getting intense, (laughs) intense. So, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah, thank you. Send us some questions in. Send us some love in. Send some hate into Hamish because he likes it. Um, and just send me love all the time. Yeah, don't, you don't have to send me hate. You can send me love. But if you send me hate, look, I'll do the, just be a sign that we're, that we're making it. Yeah, yeah. Haters going to hate. Yeah. Haters right, going to hate. All right, mate. I love you. See you later. See you later, Jack. See you next week. Bye, brother. Take care.